Hey guys, welcome back to the Well Said Podcast. My name is Andre and I'm here again with my wife, Leah, and we are here to talk about what it means to follow Jesus in a post-Christian culture. How are you feeling this morning, babe? Good. It is really, really sunny outside. The summer vibe is kind of here yes, today. Yes, it is Big amazing. It yeah. just lifts the mood. April isn't always so pleasant around here. No. And we did, well, mostly you did the flower bed yesterday, and that made me really happy. I just went out there this morning just to look at it again. Things like are pleasure. not dead, like yeah. we assumed. <laughs> There's, yeah. There is growth in our flower bed. Yeah. If we're stuck in this terrible quarantine season, at least we get to be stuck with somewhat good weather this yes. past week at least right i mean april isn't always this bright and sunny is it i, I don't feel think like it is after easter there's always nice weather okay. yeah i guess but i feel like a lot of our easters it's rainy um last year was like cloudy but we wore dresses so that's yeah. what i remember i didn't wear a dress <laughs> but you know like pretty easter light colors and warm warmer right. outfits uh what are we talking about today um, discipline. Discipline and self-control and... Laziness. Laziness. Why are we talking about that today? Um, because I think during this time of being on lockdown, it's so easy. I think it's our natural human default setting to slide into laziness, um, lack of discipline, being a sluggard. Yeah. And... being okay with it because there's not much at stake so um we can just afford to do that and i guess the question is that we want to ask um i think every christian faces what is the difference between like the legalistic side of you know be better try harder uh, self-improvement and discipline. The word discipline seems to bring that. Discipline is always like a such a negative connotation, right? Like Maybe a lot not of times. Negative, but a little bit intimidating. Like, oh yeah, that's like, the word that I need to be I'm better, and at. I'm not that good. Yeah. Ugh, yeah, I'm so bad. So I think as Christians, how do we um, redeem redeem that word from yeah. a legalistic, uh, you self-improvement kind of thing to a gospel-centered self-discipline and obedience to god yeah yeah perfect um i think um for me this goes back so i what we want to do basically in the next 30 minutes or so is just kind of uh chronicle our own or personal growth in this area and development and not to say at all that i am the perfect model of discipline i actually over the years, no matter how much I'm working on being more organized and purposeful with my schedule, it's one of my challenges. Some people are more naturally inclined to be super organized and super on top of all their projects, and I'm less inclined in that direction. So discipline has been a subject that's been growing on me and shaping me. You know, So it, 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 we want to take a moment to reflect on that and to see just kind of what we're learning. And also just sensing this is the reality right now. A lot of people, you know, even out of quarantine, even later, we have so many things at our fingertips. We have so many comforts today. Um, and one of our challenges as a, a younger generation and is, is, is to overcome and to be more productive and purposeful. Yeah. Because our culture teaches us consumption. Consumption, consumption. Satisfaction through consumption. Yep. And that is the opposite. Um, scripture teaches us 
satisfaction through fulfilling our calling, mm-hmm. through working, through production, good, good work. Yeah. God oriented, worship centered production. Yeah. So, how do we redeem that? How do we, you know, because the other, here's what happens the, uh, the older generation looks at the youngers and says, when I was your age, you know, yeah. I was doing, you guys are a bunch of weak sauces, and that doesn't actually help young people grow in these areas at all. It just puts more burden. Like, you suck. Right. So, for me, one of the biggest places this started is the book of Proverbs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the book of Proverbs is one of the most overlooked gems in the Bible for Christians. Because I think, and again, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like um, a lot of us, I, I used to be like this. When I read the book of Proverbs, it was a lot of instructions on how to be good. Like life tips and hacks. Well, not only that, but like it it showed me this picture of the wise person, the one who's pursuing wisdom, mm-hmm. and showed me that I am so not that. Or like this intimidation. Like I used to have this mm-hmm. intimidation reading the book of Proverbs. Like be wise, do mm-hmm. these things. Don't be a fool. And mm-hmm. so when I look at that standard, I was like, oh, well, I'm never going to be wise like that. Mm. Um, so there was this intimidation with the book of Proverbs that it was basically a lot of good instructions. But in reading those good instructions, I was reminded of how short I am of being super disciplined and mm-hmm. super on top of it and be living a good, wise, fruitful life. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that? I, I no? didn't really experience that with Proverbs. It just, it, it felt like a book of just short little snippets of advice on repeat. A lot of do this, don't do this, be, don't be lazy. Right. <laughs> be wise. Um, right. So. Yeah. So like just very briefly, I think for me, why Proverbs, um, I, I can even remember as far back as like when I was like 18, 19, somehow I I looked at this book once once again as I was like growing in my view of the Bible as a young person and I read it from the side of like redeeming gospel truth. And what I saw in the book of Proverbs is not the instructions of how to be good, but before the instructions, the passion and the desire for the good. Mm-hmm. So Solomon is instructing his son. That's what the, how the book is written, at least most of it. And um, his, his, he has a deep passion for his son to taste life in all its color, vigor, beauty, joy, and richness. Like there's a lot of language in, in Proverbs that is uh, like that is all oriented on this right so just looking at like like wisdom wisdom calls out and invites uh you know in chapter two she's inviting to a feast like this is life mm-hmm. this is the feast of life and 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 solomon says above all get wisdom like to me that was such a powerful thing like seek and pursue this one thing and if you have this one thing you have everything and to me, that was like, wow, like it's the key, mm-hmm. you know. And the thing about wisdom that seemed to be transformational is that wisdom was not uh, what I thought before, which was um, something that geniuses have. 
geniuses and old wise people who know everything. And then all of us peasants down here live ordinary life. Solomon shows that wisdom is something that the one who is humble and the one who is understanding how foolish he is Mm -hmm. and the one who is diligently seeking the Lord, Mm -hmm. seeking to walk in the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's this line that says, um, if you stop seeking wisdom, you fall and die. Mm-hmm. So like the idea is no matter how long you've been seeking wisdom, if you stop seeking it, that moment you fall back into foolishness and death. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that was very like realistic and attainable. Like it's a grace driven model that wisdom is an invitation to all wisdom cries out in the streets and says come you know mm-hmm. and all of us simple folks and it starts with a, a thirst and a desire to seek god and to uh, pursue him in discipline and consistency and to seek and to know his word in my life to apply myself to that process every day not that oh i'm so bo- i'm born wise like solomon or right. whatever you know so so you're talking about about wisdom a lot how does it link to discipline how does that connect right so i guess this link that um the good life the good life is attained the wise and fruitful life is attained through the process of discipline and consistency and a process where we seek and pursue and are diligent we work hard at this and that's how it comes, you know? So how do we how do we define a gospel-centered, God-oriented discipline, grace-oriented discipline, and a legalistic, self-improving, self-loving discipline that gets you to be a better you? Like, how do we distinguish between that as Christians? Because often we are pushed away from the word discipline because we're like well it's about grace it's not really a gospel term it's very mm-hmm. you know so how do we we so we associate discipline with like law yes i think so yeah i think at at its heart basically everything all human behavior always boils down to i can work hard and be good and be better right i can work hard and make my life better with my own strength yeah i can feel better about myself if i try harder Mm -hmm. and my life can become beautiful if i try harder if i just want it bad enough i can do it yeah yeah yeah. um the neighbors have let their dogs out (laughs) (laughs) but as christians we we just we know that's not true that's the foundation that well here's the thing Sure, you're going to confess it. You know that it's not true that I am I am uh, made good by my own works. But our heart is always resorting back to, I got to try harder and be better. Yeah. And so although you can learn a lot of wonderful tips from people around you in the world who are productive, because so like right now, especially on Instagram and YouTube and everywhere, right? You have all the influencers who are telling you all the tips of how to be successful. Uh, the the undergirding philosophy of all human discipline is I am my own savior. Mm-hmm. So and but at the end that philosophy it kills because option A you become successful you do it you follow mm-hmm. your own law and mm-hmm. you become good and you realize at the top of that mountain 
there is no satisfaction. Mm -hmm. uh, option B, it becomes a law that's like a yoke on you that uh, just burdens you about how you don't meet the law. Right. So, so law versus gospel is not Moses versus Jesus. Mm -hmm. Law versus gospel is law is me taking on the world with my own two hands and my strength. Mm -hmm. That's law because mm -hmm. I am paying for my own sins. I'm paying for my own failures and I'm fixing my own failures. Gospel is look what God has done. Mm -hmm. You can't do anything. You're a sinner. Mm -hmm. You're lost. Your sin has completely uh, taken over your heart. And the only thing that can bring you up out of darkness is the grace of God working through the gospel of Jesus, working through the work of the Holy Spirit in your heart giving you the power, supernatural power, to become new, mm -hmm. to conquer sin, to fight it, and to become a new person, mm -hmm. only by the power of his grace working in your heart. Mm -hmm. So the fundamental difference between the two versions of discipline is one is driven by what I can accomplish, the other one is driven by what God has accomplished and what God has handed me in mm -hmm. the package of grace. Heaven has opened wide and I am equipped now to be a completely different person. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So the false dichotomy here is this. Oftentimes we think grace equals no more obedience. Right. So Christians mm -hmm. think that if we're talking about obedience today, we're telling people to pursue obedience and discipline mm -hmm. to apply themselves to the truth. We're already going back to the law. Yeah. We're already telling people be better on your own strength. Right. Right. right? Yeah. But that's false. So how can we unpack that a little bit? How, how do we, um, in the practical grace-driven life, uh, embrace obedience and obedience that is not saying, so why are we so afraid of obedience? Because we think that every time we talk about obedience and tell people to obey God and obey his word, we are automatically telling people to rely on their own strength. Right. Yeah. Your spiritual life depends on your actions. Right. And your growth depends on how much effort you put in, which is not true. But the way, um, I think here's where it's so important to like define or understand the difference. I think our heart will not be oriented towards obedience. We're sinners. And until we are in a new world redeemed fully where there is no sin our heart will never be oriented towards obedience we need a compass we need an anchor that we can fall back on that will help us obey that will help us continue in obedience and that anchor i think is discipline uh -huh. it is it is just it's a muscle that you develop that when your desires are not in line when your motivation is not there discipline comes through and you do the right thing you you obey god um i think often that's where people are like well you know what simple things like reading being disciplined with, with daily devotionals or prayer um there comes this point where it's like well if my heart's not there i'm not going to do it because then it's like i'm just doing it to put a check mark and it's just not right i have to always have it be from the heart uh -huh. but it's like when we when we set goals and we have a desire we have an orientation like i want to love god more i want to grow just like when you have a goal like i want to be uh more physically fit 
some mornings you're going to wake up so motivated. You're going to mm-hmm. feel good. You're going to, you know, go do that workout. You're going to crush it and you're going to just do an amazing job. And some mornings you're going to wake up and not want to do it. Mm-hmm. But you're going to do it because you still have that goal. Mm-hmm. Through the lack of motivation, through the lack of desire, your discipline is what's going to push you through and and make you do the thing you don't want to do because you have that goal yeah. towards obedience. Yeah, I think here's the thing. I think very oftentimes as Christians, we get overly simplistic with everything. Oh, is it me or is it God? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the paradox, again, the Bible is full of paradoxes. One of the most richest things about understanding the story of the Bible is digging into the paradoxes rather than oversimplifying them or avoiding them. Yeah. But here's one. Is my daily Christian life, my spiritual walk, is it my work or is it God's work? The reality is you have to push into both. Yeah. But at the but the foundation of it obviously is always grace, the story of grace. Mm-hmm. I am a zero sinner. So like this is where here's where I, um you know you have to embrace you cannot have a disciplined fruitful life if you don't embrace a rich deep uh doctrine of sin. Yeah. I am a sinner fully fallen, fully incapable without God's grace. And, you know, lots of times, again, this is one of those shortcut pro- problems that we, oh, I'm just, um, I'm lazy, or I'm just, I'm just not as disciplined as those people over there. Uh, no, the problem with you is sin. Yeah. Sin has infected your heart. Now, before you're a saved Christian, before you follow Jesus, uh, your heart is completely captive to sin. Mm-hmm. After you are saved, after you become a Christian, your heart is regenerated. That means that God has taken out your old heart and he has put himself inside you. Mm-hmm. His Holy Spirit lives inside you. He now enables you to have new desires and new powers completely fueled by his presence inside you. So he gives you the fuel and the strength, but he also calls you and says, walk with me, stretch your muscle. You know, mm-hmm. push yourself. I want to see. Why? Because when you see the story of grace, you see how much he loves you. You mm-hmm. see how much he has done. That story of grace must enable you a deep, in, in you a deep passion and a joy to jump in to the feast of living in God's world. Mm-hmm. That drives godly discipline, mm-hmm. right? But it is you who acts. Mm-hmm. God wants it is a act of worship when we are pursuing God, even when it's hard. Yeah. <clears throat> it's an act of worship when you get up in the morning and you read your Bible, when you're sore from the workout the day before, you're sleepy, you're not motivated at all, but you're still doing it. Why? Not because you're trying to be a better person yourself, but because he is your God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the grace-driven discipline is always motivated by understanding total sin and total grace. Yeah. Like every day, and, and we want, we, I think we, we oversimplify this. We forget our, the totality of our sinfulness. Mm-hmm. And because we forget our, the totality of our sinfulness, we also forget about the totality of our dependence on grace. You know, it's like, like today, I am a sin, like I've sinned today in my heart and my mind already. And he still loves me. He's still my Lord and he calls me his child. Like what an amazing fact that is. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, you know, like you have to live in that wow. 
and that mo- motivates you to act. You must act because even though you know you're new, your heart is new, you're saved. You still have sin inside you. You're still struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're still uh, weak. You're still feeble, and you want to fight against that. Mm-hmm. Get up, move yourself, get off the couch, set goals, read, reflect, meditate, set aside time for God. Whatever it is that you need to do. Mm-hmm. So grace-driven discipline is motivated by redemption, right? But it's also motivated by this second consideration. I think um, I'm a total sinner, and yet I can have victory today over my sin. Yeah, not because I'm good, but because He still loves me because of the cross. Like right. I failed yesterday. I sinned. I come to God, confess my sin, repent, open my heart washed in his grace, restored, mm-hmm. come back and fight again. Why am I back? Not because I can do it. I can't. Mm-hmm. But because I can't, I know his grace is alive in me. And that is like another piece, I think. Like the Holy Spirit and God's supernatural life is working in you today to conquer sin. You have that power to mm-hmm. conquer sin. When you understand that, it motivates you again. Get up and fight. Mm-hmm. Get up and act. Get up and do, mm-hmm. you know? So it's of you. The discipline is yours, and yet it's driven underneath by awareness of the joy of grace. Yeah. So so what would you tell Christians who for years, you know, have never really had long periods of time where they're consistently reading their Bible? They're always just struggling with it and when asked about it they they confess that they lack discipline and they're lazy and they're full of shame over it but yet it's never it never gets better what before answering that question i would just counter with a phrase understanding the gospel and growing as a christian as a follower of jesus does not mean less obedience it means more obedience it's well, yeah. just Im- obedience that is empowered by the work of God in your heart. The Holy Spirit working, redeeming, applying truth to your heart, right? So why am I... Because when you say somebody who's like struggling with the same sin of mm-hmm. laziness mm-hmm. and a lack of self-control, that's what we're talking about. Let's yeah. name it. It's yeah. a sin of laziness and a lack of self-control. I think that's where the problem starts. I think people will just say, I'm not disciplined. They, they, they just soften the sin yes and it's like well no you're lazy and you have no self-control that those are sin issues that need to be repented of they're idols in your heart that you are not asking god to um redeem you from yeah i think that's the starting thing because it could be years of like yeah you know i'm just not as disciplined as other people or i they're so good and i'm just not quite and it's years of this yeah so yeah when you name the sin and then you put yourself in perspective as a follower of Christ. He lives in me and he wants me to use that grace that enables me every day, the work of the Holy Spirit in me, to kill this sin, to put it to death. So again, lots of times we hear this stuff and we're like, oh, okay, I need to try harder. No, let's go back again to the New Testament and the gospel method of obedience. The gospel method of obedience is growing in the the work of the holy spirit in your heart in your life 
So how does that happen? It happens through a lot of avenues of grace in your life, through fellowship with other grace-filled Christians, spirit-filled Christians, through seeking his work and his grace through the word, through prayer. But at the end of the day, you have to, we have to, and again, this is kind of a renewed idea for me. You have to have the conviction in your heart. The Holy Spirit, he is a person who lives inside you. He gives you supernatural power to grow in obedience. Now, Paul says, if we have been saved, you know, if we have been filled with the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Yeah. So that's Galatians. Paul says, let us walk by the Spirit, and we will not gratify the desires of the flesh in Romans chapter Mm 8, right? So rather than sulking and saying, oh, I just have bad self-control, and I'm just not as disciplined as those people, because that's downplaying the real problem. Mm -hmm. The real problem is I have a sin of laziness and lack of self-control, and what I need to do, I need to seek and invite the work of the Holy Spirit in my heart more and more. I need to seek His presence. I need to seek fellowship more with Him. I need to seek instruction. I need to be opening my heart to seek where where, where are the idols, you know? Yeah. your behavior is always driven by something you love. So there's an idol of comfort and laziness. Yeah, and, and you can become more disciplined. The Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit lives right. within you. And there right. you are you have the sufficiency in in you now to conquer your sin. And I think when you just are stagnant for years and say, I'm just undisciplined, um, you're just you're allowing that sin to fester. And I think we all, like all of us as Christians, it's human nature to struggle with discipline. It's human nature to be lazy and fall into, you know, wanting comfort overall. I think that this hits on the the idea that when you identify discipline and laziness as a sin issue and a growth in life issue, you realize that it's not just about being more disciplined and better. And it's not just about being a better you. Um, laziness is death leads to death because laziness is a sin that's a trend in proverbs it's not just about being less successful when you are lazy when you don't pursue truth it leads to death and the reason you're lazy is because you are naive about the fact that you are a creature who needs grace every day yeah so if i if i if i think if I believe I have cancer, I'm going to run mm-hmm. to get the treatment. Yeah. But if I think that I just need vitamins to boost my health, then I might or I might not. Right. Our pandemic of laziness today in our culture, in our Christian culture, is a, a lack of understanding of the death, the, 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 the deadly power of sin. We don't see it as poison It's poison. Danger. It's going to destroy you. We, and yeah. God has given you grace every day in his word because of Jesus you don't earn it. You don't earn grace by opening your Bible in the morning. It is given by his grace. Yeah. And you get up, you read, you you pray, you make time for fellowship, you show up to church, you work through the spiritual disciplines because you understand it is this, it is life, or it is death. Yeah. That was ho- so helpful for me in the book of Proverbs to see that, and then to see how it's grace-driven, that... Um, I don't seek this because I'm trying to become a better me. Or earn some favor in God's eyes. Or, yeah, you're not earning any yeah. favor. God has bestowed his favor in Christ. And as a child of God, his favor is ready for you every morning. Open yeah. the word. And nothing, seek him. Nothing drink. Nothing we can do 
or not do can change that. So if that's in your head and that's a firm conviction that whether or not I wake up and am a obedient child of God or a disobedient sinner, he has paid for me and that's his name is on my head and that's not going to change. That frees me from trying to earn or, or go about reading my Bible, going to church, staying on top, being disciplined. It, it prevent it creates a freedom to not use discipline or my effort, my energy in a earning my salvation or earning a different status. Earning God's him. goodness or love. It, it creates a freedom to pursue it with all of my might for the sake of growth and knowledge of Him and fearing sin fearing my own sin running from the death of my own sin i think we don't see our laziness our lack of self-control as deadly right we just say you know i i'm just not self-disciplined and i I just need to be more it's like well i just have cancer and i just don't really take my meds every day right and i'm kind of dying because of it but like i should i should probably get better yeah it's Whatever. like no it's it's deadly you're every day you're like i think something we all need to understand is like i said before our hearts will not be oriented towards obedience without discipline discipline is a grace that reorients your heart back to god right yeah it it helps us learn to love obedience because our desires are not always going to be in line with right. where they should be. Our motivation is not always going to be there. Discipline is that anchor, that that gift God has given us, that if you exercise it, it will be your anchor to confess your sin when you don't want to, read your Bible when you're wanting to sleep more, pray when you least want to pray. Discipline will keep you anchored in, in what you should be doing. Whether you feel like it or not. And that sounds, as I'm saying, it sounds well, legalistic. It, it, no, it doesn't. Because if you understand, like, I think the legalism piece, that me earning my salvation by my good behavior, that is destroyed when you simply consider the totality of sin and death. Like, I am totally lost as a sinner in my flesh, in my own sins. Totally lost. God's grace is totally revealed to me in Jesus. And as a one who bears his name, I am totally saved. So like the totality, Mm -hmm. you just realize I don't earn anything ever. Mm -hmm. But also it motivates you. Grace is given for me to drink every day. And my sin is always trying to get back, trying to get at me. And it's a fight. And I should expect it to be a fight. From that perspective, you should expect it to be hard to see christ and to read your bible you should expect satan to come trying to distract you and the flesh trying to distract you the world trying to pull you away like expect it it's a fight discipline is a fight to drink of god's grace and to not drink of the salt water of the flesh in the world around me Mm -hmm. when you rename everything then it makes sense Mm -hmm. and you work hard because not because you're earning grace but because grace is already given and you run to it every day right and i think that hits on your second point though um we think so modern culture tells you if it doesn't feel right then it's not that something's wrong it's not genuine that's not that's simply not true because your heart is full it's your heart is the place where god dwells right but also your heart is infected with sinful habits 
So some things are going to feel right and some things are not going to feel right. It, it's all going to be a mix and jumble. Like yeah. daily life is a battle. Sometimes reading the word is going to feel right. Sometimes yeah. it's not. It's going to be so dry and you're going to be frustrated and like irritated at, you know, the book of Chronicles because that's your reading plan and there's nothing there and you're just like, there's nothing here, you know. Right. And but that's here's, okay. It yeah. doesn't mean that there's something off or something wrong just because you are waking up in the morning and you're doing what you do every morning and read your bible you open it and it's a dry passage and you're just like your prayer's really dry and you're just like i'm not feeling it that doesn't mean that you are being legalistic or that you're not doing something right it it's it's walking in obedience through discipline every day it's well and still and, and i good. think this also hits at this idea you you said this earlier that Discipline is a grace itself. And yeah. it is through discipline that we are immersed into practicing grace. Yeah. And through the practice of discipline, your heart is changed. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, our culture says, listen to your heart, listen to your desires, don't push back, you know, let it go and just follow what you think and feel. Mm -hmm. And and like, then we have this drive for authenticity, like it's got to feel authentic. Yeah. You don't start with how you feel and follow that. In God's word, you start with what is true. Right. And then realign yourself. Yep. Some things in your heart feel right and they are right. Some mm -hmm. things feel right and they're, they're wrong. They're wrong, yep. So how do we get, how do we develop the desire to live a disciplined life? Practice. Yeah. It is through practice that God infuses you with grace every day through the ritual of repeating and walking through and drinking of his grace every day. Your heart starts to love it. Yeah. And your desires do change. Right. So you look at, you know, seasoned saints, elderly people who just they just love their morning bible mm -hmm. time and it's like it's so basic oh it's just your like no 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 they have grown their hearts have grown rich in the presence of god through yeah. the practice of grace yeah that they love the disciplines they yeah. are not a, di a difficulty at all yep they run to that stuff yeah and so your heart will change if you understand that then you look at all your feelings you're like oh this feels dry this yeah. feels religious you you then you can look at that and say yeah this feels dry but, good but my thing that's not my anchor yeah and good thing my feel i know that my feelings are false yeah and that i can actually align my feelings with truth and after practice and the holy spirit working supernaturally to rewire my heart he rewires he works through prayer to through scripture and he makes new desires and after a while i'm gonna love this stuff yeah if you understand that, you can pursue that, you know? And again, it's a humbling every day. Okay, well, if this feels dry, why am I doing it? I'm not doing it to earn my salvation. I can't earn it. I'm totally lost. I'm doing it because I'm already a child of God. Yeah. And I want to shine like the sun. I want to I want to be fully alive in Jesus. So I'm going to yeah. practice. I'm going to apply myself. I'm going to work hard. And I'm going to expect the Holy Spirit by his grace to rewire me to make me a person who loves discipline right and that's why i think that discipline is freedom comes from because it is so exhausting to base your entire faith journey and your spiritual growth based off of your own feelings if your anchor is in your own emotions and your own desires and every day is a new 
a new situation. You wake up and you're not feeling it. And some days you're feeling it and you're in prayer and you're all motivated. And some days you're just so dry. And it's just this constant roller coaster. And weeks go by and you're just like, I just can't, like, I can't get myself back on that spiritual high. Um, That's where discipline comes in. Discipline gives you the freedom to not anchor yourself in your own roller coaster of emotions and desires, but in Christ. And then no matter how bad you wake up with whatever feeling you wake up with, you know that it's not going to be the determiner of your day. It's not going to be the thing that's going to um, determine how you... How good you are, how, how good blessed you are, you are. How obedient you will be. Like, I just think the biggest thing I've learned and I'm still learning is there is freedom in denying yourself in your own comfort and desires and letting that motivate you and letting this unshakable truth motivate you and make you make your decisions is I will obey despite how I feel despite my wayward heart I will do what God has called me to do even if it feels dry even if I'm not motivated even if I have no desire for it because there's grace there and my heart will be rewired and the more I do it the more I sink myself and wash myself in his word and the discipline spiritual disciplines he has laid out before me which is reading every day praying every day going to church being among the saints fellowshipping sharing my life confessing my sin the more I wash myself in that in the discipline of those routines the more my heart will be rewired and reoriented to love them to have like satisfaction in that so i'm just gonna keep doing it mm-hmm. despite how i feel i think that's the core of discipline like there's freedom in that rather than like going down rabbit trails and roller coasters of your own heart yeah the most deceptive and challenging thing is our own is to base your spirituality on the condition of your heart today I, for me it was like a breaking point when i just had this realization that you know despite how i feel every day like if i feel distant from god you know, or if I feel spiritually dry, we have seasons, you know, dark night of the soul type of stuff. Yeah. There was this powerful, like, it was just like a, like a dam broke free when I just realized, dang, despite how I feel, no matter what, Jesus reigns today and he is reigning in grace, in glory, in power and his goodness to me, his love and his affection for me is completely unaltered. Yeah. And like he, he is my king and he is my, like God has adopted me into his family and I have bad days, but that doesn't change his he, disposition. He is unchanging and he, he says, I'm near, I am with you. And if I wake up one morning and feel like he's really distant, he's not because he says he's with me. And if I feel, if I wake up one morning and feel so alone, and that I'm gives not, you the freedom because to I feel. know he's with me. It gives you the freedom to feel those negative experiences, but also it gives it, it you the freedom them. to push past them. Yes, yeah. they di- you disarm them. Yeah. And I think when there's a lot of shame with your own laziness, like confess it. We're all lazy. We all have lazy days, but some of us have lazy weeks and months and seasons. Confess it, repent of it, and then just quickly go to his word you know some some i've read this really cool instagram post recently where it was like some of us are like why am i why am i so 
um, irritated right now and shaky and not feeling great. And it's like, oh, well, I haven't eaten since, you know, 8 a.m. and it's 4 p.m. and I should probably go eat. So you go and you eat. Some of us are like, why am I so shaky and irritated and faint and I just want to sleep and I'm moody and I'm depressed. And we just keep saying, why am I this way? And I feel bad and I'm feeling shameful that I'm feeling this way. And oh man, what could it be? And we just go days and days of starving ourselves. And it's like, just go to the word and eat. Right. There is grace there. Like I think we don't train our minds to think that way. Because we always want to earn grace. By our, by our deeds. Yeah, and we always want to say, well, I earned it. I made it right. Yeah. You can't make it right, and yet he's done it. And I think the misconception a lot of us have when we look at those people who are seasoned Christians, like you said, for who have been Christians for years and years, or, or you know, pastors who just seemed like to never get bored of the Bible, and they're always loving the Lord and just walking in fellowship and not in sin, and we think... God is just working a special thing in them. They have this magical dust in their heart and they just never have dry seasons. But it's like, I think ultimately at the end of the day, it's years of discipline. And it's not because they earned it or because they're such good people, but... Well, it's years of grace-driven discipline. Grace-driven discipline. The work of the Holy Spirit through a routine. Right. It's not this magical, like, well, God is doing something special in them and he's not doing some, something yeah, special in Yeah, they're special me. spiritual people and I'm normal. It's like, it's just years of disciplined routine reading habits the word and praying and being around christians and confessing their sin and being in fellowship like it's not this magical formula it's simple discipline is freedom it gives you so much it opens so many doors and i think we just don't take that i think the simplicity of the gospel is what makes it so humbling because we always want to make it a little bit more complex we want to make it how we make it right but the gospel is so simple you can't make it right ever so confess your sin and yeah. come to the king. And here's the thing. So like progressive Christianity will want to say something like, you are loved no matter what. So just enjoy God. Mm -hmm. And they downplay the confession of sin piece. Right. And what that does is actually it's alienating you from grace mm -hmm. because he has come to deal with your sin. Yeah. The whole point is that your sin is what prevents you from growing in holiness, from walking in truth. Your sin. Right. So if you are not exposing sin and coming and confessing and, and, and being restored and built up in the truth, you've actually, you've short-circuited the whole process of receiving grace. Grace yeah. is given to conquer sin. Right. And if you don't confess sin, then there's nothing being conquered. So you're yeah. just, you're just oozing about in your fuzzy, positive positive driven Christian spirituality that isn't actually bringing you closer in intimacy and love to mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. You experience his love when you see how close he comes to cut out your sin, to make you new, to build you up, to restore you after you've confessed and repented. Yeah. And that becomes a daily routine. You Then you're like, man, God loves me so much yeah. because yeah. I'm such a sinner and yet he loves me. But if you cut out that sin piece, you don't confess the sin. You don't realize your need of his grace. Then you're not growing. You're not growing in grace, you know? Right. And I think we like, us, us human creatures, we like to carry around shame. Yeah. We just, we just, we're so bogged down by, oh, I'm so undisciplined. We don't confess the sin of laziness. So we just spend weeks like, why am I just not growing spiritually? I'm just so undisciplined. And yeah, I know that that's a problem. And we just carry around this shame of like, oh, yeah, 
I'm not and I should be better. And it always comes back to ourselves. And it's like, you you can't be better. Yeah. You are that bad. As if you yes. expected yourself to be better. And I think that's the other. There's pride there. There's a lot of, um, I ought to be a better Christian, but I'm not. It's like, you, you can't be a better Christian. But grace is flowing like a river. Come and just receive it. Confess In a your way, sin and take yeah, right. it. Good guilt is guilt that says sin is disgusting and God you know, is hurt by my sin. That's good guilt, but but move through that and confess it, bring it to him and ask for his redeeming, washing, regenerate, uh, restoring grace. So good guilt leads you to repent and be restored. Right. Bad guilt leads you to just self-centered, prideful, uh, oozing about in depression. Right. And, you know, sorrow, yeah. which is ultimately self-worship. I should yeah. have been better. Yeah. I expected myself to be better. It's just amazing that we've been given a feast and a spot at the table just for us. You know, like there is a table full of delicious food. We don't have to get up and go make some food. He has given it to us and we just need that discipline to come every day to this feast and eat of it. Right. And that's the part that there's grace there just come and eat and drink. He has given you everything. Yeah. He has done it. You don't need to earn anything. You don't need to earn your spot at the table. You don't need to prove yourself. You are a sinner washed clean by his blood. And he has said, this is your spot. Come and feast every day. Here's yeah. all this. You Here's everything you could possibly need. And what we need to do is come to that table every day. Be disciplined enough to come. And, and, and on the days that you're not disciplined enough, confess your sin of and being lazy. And come anyway. And then be restored. Yeah. Confess your sin and then get back on your feet and realize I stand today by his grace, not by my works. Yeah. So come. Either way, come, right? Your, like, your chair like, isn't removed because you've been not eating at the table for a week. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for hanging in there with us again. It's good to be able to share more thoughts. Please uh, reach out to us if you have any questions, thoughts, feedback. Um, find us on Instagram, the underscore well underscore said instagram is one of the main places that we're interacting and um, posting a lot of content check out well-said.org uh, more articles and uh, episodes there and send this episode to a friend who needs to grow in their discipline and we will talk to you guys again soon